Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Whatever country you are in, citywide, statewide, nationwide, worldwide, we are back for another edition of the Three Man Rush. I am the big O, Jerry Ostrowski. She is Sarah Larson, and we're coming at you in a different time frame than normal. I think everybody around here, um, people that are uh, aware of the show, kind of understand what's going on, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But uh, today's episode of the Three Man Rush is brought to you by. Picasso's Pizza, welcome, and uh, you are listening to the Three Man Rush on Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo's Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. And um, Sarah, you just got into Buffalo, and um, obviously you are a tremendous road warrior. <laughs> um, back in Buffalo for another Bills game. The streak continues. Obviously, um, being on this streak um, has opened you up to being in the um, opens you up to being in the presence of some things that maybe a lot of us uh, really didn't want to see or be in the presence of. And you know, I think it'd be amiss if we didn't start our show to talk a little bit about the man that is that is uh on your shirt and that would be Demar Demar Hamlin and um just um tell us a little bit about Monday night and being in Cincinnati and just and just how how it was how you saw the events that took place yeah um I, it was hard uh and i you know i kind of um got mad at myself a little bit. Like, why am I taking this so hard in the moment? Um, but then I started realizing it wasn't just me. It was uh, men, women, it, it was everyone. But uh, I was sitting right on the 45 yard line about 10 rows up. So I was pretty much right there in front of, uh, in front of the play. And um, when it happened, you know, I, I literally looked you know, at the guy next to me, cause I was a little upset that, you know, we allowed them to, to kind of gash us again. And I, I looked at the guy next to us. I was like, did someone just push him? Because, you know, I kind of saw out of the corner of my eye, hit him just fall over. And, um, 
it was pretty, you know, pretty quickly thereafter when we started seeing the trainers running to the sidelines and um, I realized, you know, what they were grabbing. And I said, this isn't your normal injury. Um, and then obviously, you know, I'm so thankful for my friends and, um, and people who uh, I've shared this journey with and stuff. You know, I've, I had people texting me left and right. Um, you know, are you okay? Have you heard anything? What are you seeing? Um, you know, they, they went to commercial break again. Um, so I was going through all those emotions in that, in that moment. Um, but, you know, we were just all just sitting there waiting for, you know, for that moment that, you know, we knew he was okay and we weren't getting that moment. Um, and then you had people screaming behind us, why is he not on the ambulance yet? And, you know, it, um, it really, I think the hardest part was starting to see the players. Uh, I saw a couple of them, you know, bawling. I saw one of them throw up. Um, he was so impacted by that, by that moment. Um, it was, you know, truly seeing all that, it made you feel like, oh my God, is, is he not going to make it? Um, which is, you know, once, once he got on the, the ambulance, there was, all that speculation going through um, everyone's mind and, and questioning it. And, um, you know, uh, Kay Adams said it the other day, you know, I, I love watching her. I always have, she said, human beings are largely and mostly compassionate. She was like, uh, there's the 1% that are, that are assholes and are not, but <laughs> you, you know, largely um, in most part, we are compassionate people. And, um, pretty much the whole stadium was, was pins, you know, was, you know, dead silent. It was, you know, um, kind of stone cold, quiet, quiet is how we kept on referring to it. Um, except for the people offering a shoulder. I had strangers coming up to me and, you know, putting their hand on my shoulder or asking if I needed a hug. And, um, you know, luckily I was in the section right next to uh, a couple of friends of mine. Um, and I went up to, to see her and, um, I call, I call one of them Mama D and then, um, the other one's my friend Shatila and I walked up to them and they were both crying, asking, you know, if, you know, what, what I have heard and if we knew anything and strangers, even Bengals fans coming up and, and giving us hugs and everything. So it was, um, definitely one of those moments that will, you know, I'll never forget. Um, I being a UM fan, um, back in the day when, when Kevin Everett, um, was injured that, that hit me hard, but I wasn't there to see it. I was, I watched it on television. Um, so it was a, definitely a different experience and us not knowing, um, and with them, you know, waiting so long to decide whether or not, and, you know, for us in the stadium, um, if it was just a suspended game, if we were coming back out, what was going on, um, there was a lot of us concerned that he might not have made it. And that's, you know, that was kind of the sentiment. And I think, you know, um, you had, you, like I said, you had grown men crying. So it was definitely a, um, an emotional couple of days. Uh, I am so glad that I've heard the news. You know, obviously most of us have at this point, um, you know, that he is up awake. Uh, yesterday they removed the, uh, the, the breathing tube and, uh, he actually was able to Zoom, have a Zoom meeting with the team. Um, I know you and I talked, you know, afterwards and you were having your own tough week with it. Uh, as 
a former player and as a dad that, you know, is, uh, has a son who is a current player, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you would love to share how it impacted you as well. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, and a few things, normally I'm not a huge fan of former players doing a ton of an, uh, analysis work. Uh, you know, it, sometimes it gets a little bit, um, and I, I'm sure I'm guilty of it some too, back in my day-ish, you know, and you, you get a little bit of this, you know, insensitivity, but at this, at that present moment, when, when the DeMar Hamlet situation happened, I thought that, you know, Booger McFarlane, who I've never really been a great fan of his style was amazing. I thought that Ryan Clark was absolutely, um, he was poetic almost. Yeah. In some of the things that he had, uh, he had said, especially when he was, was talking about, you know, we'd like to, um, we'd like to think of ourselves as soldiers and warriors, but yet never does an NFL player or a football player in general, whatever level worry about going home. I mean, we're always going to go home. We might be in a brace. We might be in on crutches, but we're always going to go home. You never worry about never coming, you know, and, and that's the difference between us and a, and a soldier in the military. There's times where they don't, they might not go home. We never think that. And this kid who comes out and for all intents and purposes, and, and at 24 years old is a kid, he's young, you know, has done everything right to fulfill and live his dream that he's had since he was a young child and has done nothing wrong. And, uh, you know, and to have it taken from him like that, it, it's hard to it's hard to look at and it's hard to 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 comprehend, especially when you're in a room with your wife on one side of you and your son on the other side of you in the living room. And, you you know, you start thinking about that. Well, what if I was, you know, what if that was my kid? Um, you know, my wife was upset. Um, she was she was pretty emotional and she didn't know what was going on. Because right away, when you see a hit like that and the, the group comes out, you think what? You think backboard, there's a spinal injury, right? And if you play enough ball and you've been around it long enough, you understood that was different. And the way they were rushing onto the field. And she's like, what is going on? I go, he's in cardiac arrest. And, you know, I say all the time, it's it's a curse sometimes to watch football as a person that's been involved in it for so long, because you see things and know things that maybe others don't know. And, uh, it, it, it affected me. It still does affect me. Um, and, and it's not just ways where it's a negative, so to speak. It's also affected me because it's, it's let me see that there are still really good people in this world. It's let me see that even though we've been in each other's throats and we, we've been so divided as a country, we can come together in a moment where it's important. And, you know, so in coping with this, I tried to, you know, lean on those things um, because it was hard. It still is hard. And uh, but I don't know. There's a picture out there and I. I saved it, and I don't know if you've seen it, but there was a picture taken, and uh, I'm an emotional person, so I'll probably get choked up talking about it, and I apologize if I do, but 
<sighs> There's a picture of Mitch Morris with Trey White on his chest. Yeah, Mitch. Um, that was that. That's my NFL. Yeah. So Mitch Morris to me uh, definitely stood into the not only the captain role but the father role in in a lot of these and. Um, I was very scared for, for Trey, honestly, in that moment, because we all know that Trey's been going through some mental um, stuff himself coming back right. from injury. And right. um, and you can you could see he was just distraught. And, um, and it, you know, it's it goes to show why we have some guys with that C on their chest um, as captains um, into just the response from from those captains, the response from from Sean McDermott, from Zach Taylor. I um, just, um, I I can't say enough about those. Two. Yeah, um, I couldn't be prouder to be a fan of this team, and um, Bean said it today, and now you got me choked up. Um, so, I apologize. That's, no, it's okay. That's the, Ita- um, that's the Italian in me. I just can't. yeah, it's the Italian in me too. There, <laughs> um, but Bean said it today that this is a team that he'll never forget regardless if if they you know they still have ambitions obviously they still want to win the super bowl but even if they don't this is a team he's never going to forget so um you know and i i want to say we but i shouldn't say we but you know this team has just been through so much this year um and I'm I'm just really glad um, that there was some positive news before heading into this weekend, right. uh, because I don't know how those guys were gonna go and play a football game um, if we hadn't had this good news. So, and, you, know, you know, one last thing before we wrap it up, and Sarah, I don't mean to cut you off, and if you have something no. you you want to get into, one more, but, but the last thing, and I want to go back. Um. I talked to a group of retired high school coaches here in Oklahoma on Tuesday for lunch. There's a group of retired guys. There's a local coach named Bill Blankenship, who's a legend here, who has started this old Codgers group kind of. They meet on the uh, first Tuesday of the month. Then, you know, they meet where any retired coaching group would meet, the Golden Corral. And they go in there and they, 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 have, a, they have a blast. And I got the opportunity to speak to them. And I had a total different speech thought up in my mind of what I wanted to say. And then last night, then Monday night happened. So I walked in and, you know, I'm standing there and they all just kind of looking at me. Like, I think they knew where I was, I was going to talk about. And of course I got into the, to the, to the DeMar situation. But the thing about it was that night, as far as the decision makers go to me, and I explained this to those men, the two most classy people with in that, in that whole entire stadium were the two head coaches. Or Sean McDermott and 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 also Zach Taylor. And I look at those and I and I see where their lineage is. And you start looking at where they come from and some of the guys they worked under. You know, Sean McDermott evidently had an unbelievable position coach and a head coach in college at William and Mary because his teammate at William and Mary in the secondary, they were teammates and went to school and played together, was Mike Tomlin. Yep. Okay. So there's that. And then he played for Andy Reid. And then he played for who some believe or coached for Andy Reid. And then and then coached for who some believe is the nicest, 
most genuine coach in the NFL, which is Ron Rivera. And then he became a head coach himself. And then you look at Zach Taylor, whose dad played for Oklahoma and was under Coach Switzer. And then Zach goes to Nebraska, ends up coaching at A&M underneath Mike Sherman, who ends up, he ends up marrying Mike Sherman's daughter, but his lineage is there through great coaches. And, and it's obvious that these men have been, been shaped and molded by the coaches that they've worked for and, and have, have been with because those two guys were – because if you don't think the NFL wanted to play that game with a five-minute break, you are out of your mind. Yeah. There was – they had all intents and purposes of playing that game because I they only the care. Yes. Yeah. They, there's no – the whole thing of Troy Vincent coming out and saying that's a bunch of bullshit. That's not true. They were going to play that game. And it took those two men to say, yo, <laughs> we, we need to step back here. Right. And, and, and I, I, I just applaud those two. I mean, what they did on Monday was, was amazing. What they still do throughout the week. Uh, amazing leadership by those two. Yeah, agreed. And before we move on and actually start talking football again, um, I know a lot of us, uh, especially at, at Buffalo Rumblings, most of us, we were really weren't in the mood this week to do no. um, the the vidcast and the podcast. We wanted, you know, to take the time. We wanted the positive news <clears throat> to come out. Um, but we also heard some news yesterday about John Murphy. So mm. I wanted to take a second to, uh, you know, to, to give our thoughts and prayers to him as well. And, um, and hope for a speedy recovery there. Murph's a, Murph's a good dude. Murph was covering sports when I was there. And yeah. then he was doing the color commentary, obviously, with, with Van. Um, I'll tell you, man, they, they, my, my mother and my father, all these years, I'm half Italian, half Polish, and we always eat pork and sauerkraut for good luck on New Year's Day. I'm going to have to change up. This, <laughs> this week, yeah, no, it's, it's been This a, first it's week been, of 23 has not been good for me it's at been, all. Yeah, there's been a couple of people. Uh, I've seen some tweets about, can we, can we erase this and start yeah, over? As my oh, son yeah. would say, can we rage quit on that game on the PlayStation and, and just start over? Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Well, if we can, uh, you know, yeah, switch it go. up a little bit. Um, you let's know, light it up a little bit. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about a little bit of college. We have the national. That's why we really, you know, really decided to suck it up and do this uh, podcast today, because obviously we have the national championship game coming up on Monday. And then we also have a huge, um, you know, allotment of NFL games that are coming up that have huge playoff implications. So right. uh, first and foremost, we have the the national championship game coming up on Monday. We have uh, number one, Georgia, who is 14 and 0, uh, taking on number three, TCU, which is 13 and one uh, on Monday at 7.30 p.m. Uh, right now, Georgia is a 12 and a half point favorite and the over under 63.5. So uh, how do you feel, you know, we have these two very high-powered <laughs> offenses that, you know, uh, led by two Heisman hopefuls at, oh. at one point. Um, how are you feeling? I, I you know, I'm going to throw it out there. I don't, I don't think, uh, I think they both have high-powered offenses, but I think one of their defenses is just, uh, just un, you know, un, uh, unbelievable. So, um I'm going to obviously do TCU a favor and I'm going to continue to pick against them because <laughs> the one time that I picked 
TCU to win is when they actually lost. So right. uh, you're welcome, uh, you know, Horn Frogs. I will continue to to go against you guys, and but I will be pulling for them. They do remind me a lot of uh, UM being a, a private institution, and um, you know, I think they have about twelve thousand people that that go to school there, which is kind of in line with uh with the University of Miami. So I think it would be amazing if they able if they're able to figure this out. I um and obviously I've I've kind of gotten into this game a little bit. I broke this thing down quite a bit. But if you look at this game and I thought that the semifinal games were marvelous. I thought they were tremendous games. Um I'm going to give you credit because Michigan ended up being the team that you've said they were all season long. That was one of the worst coaching jobs, one of the least prepared teams that I've okay. seen. And I, I I find it hard to just the um just the nonchalant, lackadaisical mouth of a young quarterback did them in. He served them no uh favors with some of the things he said during the week. But um TCU you have to understand TCU is a is a very, very veteran football team. This is a bunch of veteran guys, especially on defense. Um, when you look at the team, they've got you know they got a, they got some transfers. They've got guys like Horton. They've got guys like Mitchell, Winters, Hodge. I mean, all the way down the line, they've got tremendous amounts of experience, and also on offense as well. But if you look at this matchup, and you've got Georgia, who offensively is ranked first. I mean, they're they're first overall, twelfth on offense, fourth on defense and eighth on special teams. TCU is sixth overall, fifth on offense, 37th on defense, and 30th on special teams. There's some things that can happen in this game that I think um, it's almost like, again, especially with TCU, looking at the tape and seeing what Ohio State did. Ohio State did a lot of stuff we talked about in our last show and did it well. One of those things was attacking this Georgia team outside the numbers being able to make big plays outside the numbers. I thought Ohio State's game plan was fantastic. Um, It just seemed like over the the span of the night, they just weren't able to handle the depth that that Georgia has. They just have a tremendous amount of depth. And it's hard sometimes to think that one one player that's not a quarterback can alter a game so much. But I truly believe if Marvin Harrison Jr. had stayed healthy, they win this game. I mean, he was just incredible. I literally feel like the guy has sticky hands because some of the catches that he hit that he was catching was from Stroud was just unbelievable. So um, I actually thought they had, you know, a chance at one point. I was like, wow, um, this is, you know, this is going to be the upset we were waiting to see. Harrison doesn't get hurt. I think they win. But again, this is you, you look at mirror images, okay? Um, of of what does what does TCU do, okay, or what do they have that's able to kind of match what what Ohio State did, and they have their own Marvin Harrison Jr. and they've got Quentin Johnson, and he's a big play receiver that can go up and get it, and they've got depth at receiver. Um, that's a huge key to this game. Is Georgia going to be able to find a way to eliminate him, like injury eliminated uh, Marvin Harrison the third? Um, so I look for TCU to get to Quentin Johnson outside the numbers. Um, yeah. you know, look at, look at, you know, TCU as far as is, is Kendra Miller going to be healthy? 
Um, their leading tailback, you know, 1,342 uh, yards, 17 touchdowns. He had a knee injury and kind of became um, non-effective, uh, so to speak, if you want to use that term. Um, can he come back healthy uh, after a week of, of treatment and those types of things? So, um, you know, that's something to look at. We talked about getting the ball to Quentin Johnson. Georgia, if you look at their defense, one thing that they do not do well of, of, of all the stuff they do well, and they are a monster, especially up the middle, one of the things they don't do well is rush the passer. Their, their pass rush numbers are not very good. Um, that's why you saw them against Ohio State. Tons of blitzes. Um, they got after it with the blitz. Uh, they did that all night. And, um, you know, so is TCU going to be able to handle that? Do they take advantage of the lack of pass rush as well? And then, you know, they just – I say it all the time. The quarterback – and you guys hate this because you don't want Josh to run, but I'm telling you, when you have a big physical quarterback can both run – Both of them, though. Yeah, yes, I mean, they, yes, they that's can. an and, and Dungan. Both both are runners, so – Right. You know, Doug, he's, he's huge. He can run. He's a he's an equalizer, and they can take advantage of that. Um, you know, do they keep that that quarterback run game going as well? And then I think the biggest thing for TCU defensively is to try to find a way to frustrate JT Barrett. They run a ton of crazy zones, a lot of Tampa two coverage behind that three three five. So there's some stuff that Joe Gillespie can do to 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 get after them. And then you know you, you got Georgia who comes in and. Really, their probably biggest thing they need to do is be Georgia. Yeah. They need to line up with a huge, uh, huge size advantage, and just mash TCU and see what they can do there. You know, try to go ahead and even though a lot of teams have tried and haven't done very well, it hit Max Duggan all night. And then one of the areas I think they have a big advantage in, and in the three-three-five defense has a little bit of a hard time defending this. Um, take advantage of the tight ends, and they've got some big tight ends, including Brock Bowers. And then, of course, Darrell Washington got hurt. Can he yes. play this week? But they've got huge tight ends there as well. So, you know, these two teams, I think it's a it's a much better matchup than I think a lot of people are giving it credit for. Yeah, Georgia likes that the the two tight ends set a lot. And with um, him being injured, it'll be interesting to see if he's pretty much a full go. I think that for me, TCU, the biggest thing for them um, in their win over Michigan was was forcing the turnovers in the perfect, you know, most opportune, you know, opportune time. Um, obviously two of their three turnovers were pick sixes. Um, they're going to need more of that. You know, Michigan was not a team that, that turned the ball over much um, during the year. So uh, for them to be able to force those turnovers was, you know, was, I, I believe, you know, a, a huge key. Um, and then obviously stopping Michigan in the red zone. I think that was huge. Um, a couple of goal line stops uh, inside the five um, was another one. So uh, honestly, if they're if they think that they're going to you know run with Georgia at all, that's what they're going to need to do. They're going to need to try to find a way to turn the ball over, in my opinion. Um, I, well, that's where that that's where that zone that that crazy zone and some of the passing defenses that the Gillespie's able to to disguise. That's where that comes into play. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I will be rooting for, for TCU um, quietly, uh, not to jinx them, <laughs> but uh, I know the, the one time this year um, that I did uh, say that they were going to win, they lost. So I'm going to keep this, the streak going and say that there's just no way they're going to match up with, with Georgia enough. Um, and I do have Georgia winning um, 41 to TCU 30. 
So okay. not not covering the spread, but um, but still winning pretty convincingly. You know, when I look at this matchup, and there's there's tons of things we talked about. You know, uh, TCU, the things they need to do. Um, we talk about Georgia and the stuff they need to do. There's there's some things that you know I look at in this this whole thing, and and uh, you know maybe they're difference makers, maybe they're not. The first thing is this: it's incredibly hard to repeat as a national champion uh, since World War II. It's been done ten times. Uh, the last time that a team has repeated as a national champion was 2011, 2012 was the Alabama team, the, the juggernaut that everybody remembers. And um, Kirby smart was also the defense coordinator on that football team led by Lord Saban. So um, it's not easy to do. It's hard to do. Okay. I look at that. Then I look at some other things, you know, what are some of the other stuff that could possibly sway this game? I I fully believe that this game will be affected by my Tulsa guys. Okay, there are there's a there's a strong Tulsa connection to the TCU Horn Frogs in the uh, in the Hypnotoad. That is is the the head strength conditioning coach is a man by the name of Moody Vita Kazadi, otherwise known as Kaz. Kaz and I played uh, football together at TU. Kaz was actually on the Bills for a little bit. Um, Kaz is a tremendous, tremendous strength and conditioning coach. He also is a guy that is able to motivate players and make them believe things that even they don't know they believe. That is going to be a huge advantage for TCU. The other thing is uh, Joe Gillespie, and we talk about Joe all the time. Joe, former defense coordinator at uh, Tulsa, was a high school coach at Stephenville. That long-term high school coaching that he did gives him a different perspective on on the game. It allows him to communicate in ways that maybe other coaches don't. It's just it's something he has. It's a gift. Um, my Tulsa guys are going to play a big role in this game. Um, I know the spread is what it is. I know that people believe that Georgia is this uh, Goliath that's unsurmountable. Um, I don't see it that way. I really don't. Um, there are teams of destiny in this world, and they happen from time to time. Monday night's going to be one of those times. Um, T- TCU 44, Georgia 42. Hypnotoads win the national championship. <laughs> I don't know what they're <laughs> going to do with it. But, um, I love it. Um, it's just – it's it's. I just really believe that. I mean, this this – Every I just watched the press conference. They had hey, the Jerry. Book. If I wasn't so uh, superstitious, I would be going. <laughs> right. I would be going the other way. But I'm I, doing. I'm doing them. They're, they are welcome. Well, TCU is welcome. I'm doing them that. a favor by not picking them. And, and, um, and when I talk to Kaz at some point, I will let him know that you sacrificed. <laughs> your, sounds you good. Sacrificed yourself for for the, there you for go. the school. But uh, um, before definitely. we. Before we move on to the NFL, uh, Jessica actually asked in the comments um, about how much do you see some players being paid in college? Um, so last year uh, was the the nil push uh, name and likeness, um, which has now started um, some of these players making some, I would say, significant amount of money while they're in college. So um, it's happening and there are there are football teams, college football teams now um, kind of dangling that nil um, 
prospect in uh, these, you know, young 17, 18 year old high school players uh, kind of dangling it in front of their face to get them to come to, to their university. Um, I'm not, I'm not shying away from the fact that I know my, my hurricanes are doing it uh, just, you know, but it, it's almost become a little bit of an equalizer um, for, you know, big universities um, like Alabama, uh, you know, like Georgia, like Texas. Um, it's become a little bit of an equalizer um, for the smaller universities that have at least some donors or relationships that can get them um, some of these uh, nil deals uh, to, you know, to be worked out. So it's going to be interesting. I think right now um, it is changing the face of, of college football a little bit, but I think the transfer portal is, is changing it even more. I think, um, you know, just because you signed with one team doesn't mean you're going to be there for forever. Um, uh, so it'll it'll be interesting to see what you know what's starting to happen with uh, with college football over the next couple of years. Definitely, um, you know, NIL is here to stay. Um, I do believe at some point it will be regulated. Um, how I don't know, but I think it will be. I think the biggest part of it'll be the the transfer portal will probably be regulated first. There's got to be some rules to it, but. Um, they're not going away by no means. It's just yeah, something that's going so to need either. to be cleaned. It's going to be need to be cleaned up and, you know, hopefully, hopefully they can find a, uh, a common ground on it. All right. So we're going to move over to the NFL. Um, there is a game coming up at four 30 that we're all uh, uh, Raider fans today. So uh, we have uh, Kansas city taking on Las Vegas Raiders today at four 30. Uh, right now, Kansas city has been handed the number one seed. Um, I don't want to, sound salty at all by saying it, but they have been um, handed that number one seed. So if they lose today and the Bills win tomorrow, the Bills regain that number one seed and Kansas City will be moved to second. So um, if you guys have any questions uh, about um, the seeding, please just, you know, comment uh, and, and, you know, we'll try to answer them along the way. the Cincinnati Bengals take on Baltimore Ravens. If they win, they win the, uh, you know, they pretty much already win the North, but they, um, they guarantee that they're going to have the, the home playoff. So if Cincinnati um, loses to Baltimore, then um, it will come down to a coin flip. If they play um, six and three, if they play and match up in the, in the wild card round, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars takes on the Tennessee Titans. And that, that game is tonight. Um, whoever wins is in. So uh, if Tennessee uh, beats the Jaguars, they're in. If the Jaguars beat the, the Titans, um, they're in. Whoever doesn't is going home. Uh, Jacksonville has a very slim chance um, if they lose that they could still get in. But that would require the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Pittsburgh Steelers all losing um, in order for them to, to slip in at the, the seventh seed. And then, um, obviously, Miami Dolphins uh, versus the Jets tomorrow. They're still in the hunt. Dolphins are Bills fans today, uh, tomorrow, and uh, they have to take care of business themselves if they, if you know, they want that that seventh seed as well. I um, um, any thoughts about or you know questions about the uh, what's been going on now that the um, the game was officially canceled? So. Uh, with that happening, it's kind of a no contest, and we learned yesterday um, what that's going to mean. Um, so if Kansas City is um, 
the home team. So meaning if Buffalo or Cincinnati um, come into um, Arrowhead, would have went into Arrowhead, but based on the seeding could have been the number one seed, then there is a neutrals, um, a neutral site. So if, if the Bills are the number one seed, it all goes to Buffalo. Um, so this is only if Kansas City is the number one seed um, that this is affected. Um, I and and the news is the the news this morning was put out across the wire that Indianapolis uh, Lucas Oil Stadium has been asked to be that neutral site if the uh, AFC Championship goes neutral. Yeah, they actually declined it. Um, mm. So the Colts um, declined it, and Detroit declined it. So um, Detroit's were rep- replacing their turf, and um, Lucas Oil Stadium already has something going on, and there's not enough um, hotel space. Right, right. Um, over the the weekend, so um, so that's the, the situation. I have a feeling it'll probably <clears throat> go down to either maybe Atlanta or maybe Vegas. Um, you know, are kind of my two guesses. I think that they would like to keep it in a dome, um, just so that they don't have to contend with with weather. You know, with the weather as well. Um, I, I think they should do. I think this should become an every year deal. I think well, that both I think both the NFC and AFC their championship game should be in a neutral site. Really Well, do. I I mean, I I kind of agree um because for the first seed and second seed um not saying that that's always what it comes down to, but um you know, or even if it's, you know, the uh, the fourth seed that makes it in. Right. When once you've made it to the championship game, um, do you believe that the, it should be a little bit more fair or yes. do you believe that the, the whole season you've busted your butt to, to be able to get that number one seed? Um, do you, should you have that, that home field advantage? Wait, and you keep, it? and you keep home field advantage up to the, up to the championship game. But I don't, I, I think that, and this is a person who was affected by that, you know, in our high school, our high school state championship games here in Oklahoma, we do that. We play uh, home games up until the semifinals, and then once semifinals hit, they go to a uh, neutral site. I I think it makes – first of all, I don't think that you have the final two teams. I don't think either of those teams should be affected by weather or anything else. I just really don't. And to be honest with you, I don't think the Bills get the home field advantage like they used to. Yeah, I, I don't think they do. I, if you really pulled all of them and you sat and you went in the locker room and put a poll, the they would tell you, I don't enjoy playing in this. Yeah, I, I mean, we do because we have to, and we're not, you know, it's one of those things where we can't ever say that we hate it because then we'll get blasted <laughs> for, for not saying we like to play in ice and snow. Oh, of course, but, of course, you know what I, I mean? Think, but yeah. I think that with uh, with me personally, um, I'm rooting for the the bye week that's why i would want to be number one seed but obviously um being that this year it like if we end up not let me correct my my terminology not if when we end right. up in the, the <laughs> in the afc championship game um it, it's a little comforting knowing that uh it's either going to be in buffalo or it's going to be in a neutral site. I, I kind of like that. I'm, I'm comforted by that. Um, so I'm not, I'm okay. If we're the second seed, um, I don't want to be the third seed. So we need to win tomorrow. So right. for those people who don't know if Kansas city, 
Um, yeah, if Kansas City wins and Cincinnati um, wins t- uh, t- their game tomorrow, then the Bills um, and the Bills lose, then we would drop to the third seed, um, which means that in the second in the second round, um, we'd be on the road. We would be on the road, provided Cincinnati was, uh, you know, Cincinnati won. Um, right. So we, that's we would end up going against Cincinnati back in Cincinnati. I don't know what the mental toll that would take. So I, I, we need to win <laughs> um, or Cincinnati needs to lose. No, but we need to win um, tomorrow. And that's, I think, I hope that everyone goes into that game striving to win. Um, you know, I, I'm, I feel personally that the bills are going to go out there and just wreak havoc. Um I, I mentioned it yesterday on a show. Um, I commented uh, that I, I remember after Josh Allen's grandmother passed, the kind of game he had and and just the heart. He literally wore his heart on his sleeve. I just feel like that's going to happen again. I feel like he's going to go crazy. I feel like um, it's going to be um, one of those one of those games. So. Um, if we're second seed, uh, we will either be paying, playing the Patriots um, or we'll be playing Miami. There is still a chance that if we lose tomorrow, that we could still be the second seed if Cincinnati loses. So um, if the Patriots win, they're in. If uh, if the Patriots lose um, and the Dolphins win, the Dolphins are in. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers needs both the Patriots and the Dolphins to lose in order to, and they need to win in order to make it in. So those are the kind of in the hunt people. Um, I think the, you know, almost the easiest route right now is the fourth and fifth um, because, you know, chargers are going to end up uh, taking on, you know, either the Jaguars or um, the Titans. Now the Jaguars are a little scary because they've been doing well lately um, the Titans to me just have fallen off. So, um, if they end up playing the Titans, um, I think that, you know, it'll, it'll be a, a very, I won't say very, but it'll be an easier, um, path for them, um, to make it, you know, to make it on. So it's, it'll be interesting. I think that everyone is really going to go into tomorrow, um, tonight and tomorrow, uh, with some serious, uh, issues too with all the the new uh seating rules and everything so i think cincinnati i think they're gonna win so that's why i'm so uh against the 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 ravens um especially with lamar still out so i'm you know pretty much saying the bills have to have to handle business and new england's not gonna just lay down and, and allow them to do it because new england's fighting for their playoff hopes as well um, Las Vegas has to beat Kansas City with Jarrett Stidham. The yep. Ravens have to beat the Bengals with Tyler Huntley. The Titans have to beat the Jaguars with Josh Dobbs. And the Miami Dolphins have to beat the Jets with Skylar Thompson. But the enough, Jets also are said. starting Flacco. Yeah, so the Jets... But Flacco's won a Super Bowl. I don't, oh, care, how old, I don't care how old he is. He's won a Super Bowl. Um, I'm, I'm just, he's just... Uh, he, hasn't most, been, he hasn't been playing. Right. Other than other than our game, okay, where I I I think our game will have an emotion to it at the beginning that maybe rivals that Super Bowl we played the Giants after um, 
after Desert Storm started in the Whitney Houston um, National Anthem, the beginning of that game could be absolute, just electric. Um, I think we'll be fine. Um, I think that that with with Demar getting healthy this week or healthier and talking to the team, um, I don't know. Is there anybody here that have you ever seen? You, you've seen Rocky, right? I, I have to ask. I have to ask because. Like I work with kids now. I showed a kid the other day when I was in college. Um, I was on the AP. I was the first team APL American, and with that, we got to be on the Bob Hope Christmas special. Oh wow! So I showed the guys that I work with the clip of me on the Bob Hope Christmas special. The one kid said, "What are you doing in that video? And who is that old guy?" <laughs> so I have to really ask because I'm assuming. That people know things that you know maybe they don't. Anyway, you remember in Rocky uh, two, okay? I believe it's Rocky. No, Rocky three. Rocky three is when he has the baby, right? And he's fighting. He wants the the was it was it three or two? I can't remember. I think it was to no. It was, it was Rocky two. Adrian's pregnant. She she has the issues. She goes into a coma. She's in the hospital, and Rocky refuses to fight. Right. And then she wakes up and she pulls him close to him and and he says, what, what? And she says, win. And what <laughs> is win? And then Mickey, yeah. of course, throws the hat off. He's like, what are we waiting for? Right. And then they go into the montage. Um, I'm not trying to make light of a situation, but I think a lot of that, this that's going to have that effect tomorrow. I think I think Buffalo is going to smash New England. I think we're I think we are going to line up and smash New England. Yeah. Oh, I'm really, I'm really not do. disagreeing with you. I um I have us winning by uh by seventeen if I'm doing the math correctly. So I I think we are going to um go off. I think Josh and Stefan are just going to have a game, and I think the defense is yes. going to go out there and do everything possible to make it so that the, the Patriots can't score. Um, right. you know. Now we have we some injuries thin. there, obviously. Yes, we're thin. Yes. Um, so. you know, I, I'm looking at the, at, you know, at our safeties, um, you know, obviously Poirier is going to start. Um, I have a feeling that we might go with, with Dean Marlowe. Um, but if not, then J, you know, Jaquan Johnson, I, I would prefer them to right now. Um, I feel like I'm going to say something that I, I shouldn't. Um, I just feel like, our, you know, I feel like well, that's what Cam Lewis. No, I just, I feel like Cam Lewis, um, I, I don't want to keep testing whether or not he can actually play in that position at this point in time. Now, granted, it'll be great to know if he, you know, how well he can right. do um, heading into the playoffs. Um but the the one time that he was thrusted into the position, I, I was just not impressed. Um, so you know, Jaquan Johnson, uh, Jaquan Johnson has been there. Um, he's he's been shadowing um, for for a couple of years now with um, Micah and with with Jordan. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing you know what choice that you know they put out there, but. Uh, Right now, I think Marlowe is more steady, and he's the vet. And then I think, you know, Johnson will come in for spells. Um, 
know, we talked a little bit about this and the way, you know, we do three keys to, to the game, yeah. usually offense and defense. But when I look at tomorrow, I kind of put it in one lump sum because of the week that was. And, you know, one thing you cannot say about this Bills team, um, they know how to handle adversity. I mean, my goodness, this season has been absolutely amazing with the adversity that they've had to face. But when you look at this, I think the first thing you need to do is just sit back and breathe. They need to take things one play at a time and just try to remain. Tomorrow, it's a, tomorrow's feel is going to have the feel of a big-time playoff game as, and with a regular season finale that, yeah, I mean, it means something, but for all intents and purposes, it really doesn't. Um, so there's going to be a lot of anxiety, a lot of, a lot of stress, a lot of angst. Strain. They just need to breathe. Take one step at a, take one play at a time, and just try to relax. Two, I look at you know when you have something like what happened Monday night, then you don't practice for a few days, and you're going to come in and practice. You've got to dominate the fundamentals. Um, you got to really concentrate on catching the ball with your hands. What are my what's my footwork as a quarterback? What's my footwork as an offensive tackle? Where do I put my hands as a D lineman? Uh, where are my reads as a linebacker? When you, when you get in these situations, you go back and you trust the fundamentals, the things you've been taught since, since peewee football. And, and when you can dominate the fundamentals, that settles the body down. That settles everything down, and it slows everything down. So I think they need to do that. And the third thing is, is control the controllables. Um, you only do the job that you have. You can't control everybody else. You know, you have a job to do every play. You, you control that play with, with your assignment and your effort. Um, you know, three things that, that you can control when you play football. Every play is your assignment, your attitude that you take that assignment on with, and the effort that you take that play on with. And those are controllables that you have control over, and that's the other thing that I think they need to do. So um, the old adage, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Um, you know, tomorrow if they just – slow down and do those things, they will be fine. Yeah. So I, uh, I did my math wrong. I have 34 to, to 16. So, uh, it's actually 18 points that, um, I have us winning by. So I feel it's, it's going to happen now, to be honest with you, the, the over under on the, on this, this game is 43 and a half. I would not be surprised if we do the over on our own. Um, I really honestly think that these guys are just going to go and explode and I can't wait to see it. I really can't. Um, so you're welcome, Miami Dolphins, <laughs> because we're going to we're going to kick uh, Belichick out of the playoffs. <laughs> um, I think the Bills to stay in the um, to stay in the theme of the week. I think the Bills win big. I think the Bills take control and of their own destiny in the playoffs. I think the Bills will win thirty-three to seventeen. Okay. We're gonna have we're gonna have more threes. Yeah, and, I love um, it. Actually, now that, I yeah, think we're gonna we're it. gonna score thirty-three points, and um, we're gonna beat the Patriots, and we're gonna get ready for our bye week, and we're gonna get ready for that journey into the playoffs because, um, like TCU. Um, it's starting to shape up a little bit as a as a team of as a team of destiny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying so, not to get too uh, too overly confident because there are so many things that can 
hell, there there are a lot of things that can take place. They've already have taken place. I don't know what anything else that could take place to this team, but um, no, it just I just there's just a feel right now about it. We just got to get right. through this week. Yep. So uh, tonight, obviously, that well, in a, in a few <clears throat> minutes, we have uh, the the Chiefs and the Raiders, and then later on is the Jaguars and the, and the Titans. So um, right now, I. I have the the Chiefs covering um, there, but eight and a half covering eight and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's with my head. Um, obviously, you know, Stidham's going to go out there and just light up the you know entire field. Uh, Vegas, you know, is going to <laughs> surprise everyone. Well, no, if everything goes the way it normally goes, the the Raiders will be up by three touchdowns at the start of the fourth quarter, and they will lose. And they won't co- and they will uh, uh, the the chiefs will also cover the eight and a half. <laughs> yeah, and you know, unfortunately, that's kind of their you know um the way they've been. You don't want to get up too too fast on the chiefs because for some reason, the faster you get up on them, right. they come back. Um, you you gotta you gotta creep. You gotta do <laughs> you gotta do it slowly. Right. Um, so you know, I'm I'm. I'm looking for Devonte Adams to have a, a a big game. He um looked really well with Stidham at quarterback uh, last week. So let's continue it. Uh, the Chiefs haven't looked great, you know, no. the last few weeks. So there is a potential that this could happen. So we're all Raiders fans uh, this evening, and um, you know, let's see if they can pull it out, and then we'll be the number one seed. But if not, then all we need to do is make sure we handle business tomorrow and uh will be the second seed and playoffs will still go through buffalo up until the championship game and then the championship game would be at a neutral site if we play the can and you know the kansas city chiefs so now what people are getting wrong just to let you know if we are the second seed and um and we take on anybody else in the the in the uh afc championship game it will still go through buffalo Right. Um, seating will prevail. Uh, the only time that seating doesn't prevail is obviously, again, if Buffalo or Cincinnati in the AFC Championship um, game is the road team, um, go, which the only way they would be is if they were going into Kansas City. So um, I'm those impressed. Are the only by scenarios. the way, I'm impressed with you what? that you that you've got all that playoff stuff down because. Oh. <laughs> I, it was I have, funny because I have no I, damn idea what's going on. I'm in a little bit of a I'm in a small chat group on on Twitter, and uh, I'm going to pick on John Fina a little bit. He was like, "No one told me that there was math involved," <laughs> and I died when he said that. I was like, "There's right. no math involved," but it was it was funny. Um, yeah, I just I've been doing that in the the you know the salary cap. I can't wait till we get into free agency. Um, those are you know a few things that I just. I love. Well, um, I've always I've always sucked at math, so that's good. I'm glad that math <laughs> is your strong suit, so you can get after it. All right. Well, guys, I think we're pretty much uh, gonna wrap up, so everyone get ready to watch. Um, you know, the Chiefs and the Raiders game. Uh, if anyone has any questions or anything, don't forget. You know, pull for the Jaguars them. too. Pull for the Jaguars. We want a Jaguars victory. We want Jaguars. Yeah, in the I think it would be interesting to see them. Um, you know, uh, to see them in there. Now, at the same time, um, you know, the second and the seventh seed will be going, you know, against each other. So it looks like we might be playing the Dolphins when we win tomorrow. So, uh, 
It'll be it'll be an interesting uh, playoffs. I hate when you play. You know the. We might the play the division. Dolphins for a third time. If if we win tomorrow, when we win tomorrow, let me <laughs> let me speak it into existence. But when we win, and if if the Jaguars win tonight, we play the Dolphins. Well, it doesn't matter about the Jaguars. So um, what matters is if we win, when we win tomorrow, if the Dolphins win, then the Dolphins are the seventh seed. When we win tomorrow, if um, the Dolphins lose, then it would be the Dolphins losing, the Patriots losing. If Pittsburgh wins, then Pittsburgh gets in. Um, They're playing the, the Browns. If Pittsburgh loses, and then so you have the Patriots losing, the Dolphins losing, and the Steelers losing, then the um, Jaguars would get in if they lose against the Titans. Now, if they beat the Titans, the Titans won't be the seventh seed. It would revert back to the Patriots. We want Pittsburgh in. So then we got to... Or if you can promise me the two is not playing, I'll take... Yeah, no, I have a feeling he'll be back. I have a feeling he'll be back. Yeah. So right now, I guess we're we're all... uh, Raiders well, no, why would, wait a second. If we're the first seed, we get a buy, right? Yeah. If we're the, if we, but the, that means Kansas City has to lose tonight. In order to be the first seed, Kansas City has to oh. lose tonight and we have to win tomorrow. Well, how did that happen? Because of the, the situation um, with the, um, them canceling okay. the game. So basically, again, the, the, the trade off is we get the, the neutral. neutral. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So See, the Chiefs, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, so the Chiefs, that's why at the, the top of the hour, I kind of said the Chiefs been handed the number one seed. They're, um, because they're 13 you don't and three. Even, here's the problem. You don't live with these people like I do. You know, it used to be obnoxious Cowboy fan, and they've shut up <laughs> yeah. because they haven't been very good. So now all these wannabe, you know, and all these wannabe Chiefs fans have come out of the woodwork that supposedly have been, you know, fans of theirs since, since the beginning of time. And it's just like, uh, it, it gives me headaches. Right. It gives me headaches dealing with these people. Yeah. Well, I've seen them on Twitter, and they are just uh, Chiefs fans are like the worst fans to deal with now. Now, granted, there are some great Chiefs fans that I've gotten to know, and you know, and whatnot over the years. But the there's a good majority of them that are just like you, you can't handle them at all. They're just you don't want to you know you don't want to deal. Um, but again, guys, if you guys have any questions or, you know, regarding seating or, you know, the, um, the neutrals, the neutral site or anything, you guys can at me on Twitter or DM me. I don't, I don't mind. Um, if you know, let me know and I'll, uh, get you an answer. Sounds good. You want to take us out? Yep. I'll take us out. Sarah, we appreciate you as always. Um, very, very tough week, long week. But um, great news the last couple of days. We're, we're crazy happy for DeMar and the progress that he has made. And hopefully we'll get to see him at, um, at uh, Highmark Stadium at some point real, real soon. But um, we're excited about the Bills game tomorrow. Excited about the national championship game on Monday. Folks, um, It's uh, life, life is crazy. Life is short. Hug your loved ones. Tell them you love them. And... Um, and just, just let them know it because you never know. She's Sarah Larson. I'm Big O. Jerry Ostrowski. We'll be back next week at our normal time as we'll be talking about not only the playoffs coming up, but we'll break down the uh, Monday night's game for the national championship. Hopefully we'll be talking about the hit in the toad. We will see. But, um, again, um, one love. Go Bills.
cowbells. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.